0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station
1: for all things geek.
2: It's time for the Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something.
3: everyone, and welcome to the sixth episode of the 2022 Dragon Con Report. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are continuing our 11th season of Covering the Con that we love so much. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting, of course, with Director Faber.
2: Hey there, Mr. Mike. Good to Howdy. be here tonight. It is it is so cool, and I get to play God. I'm controlling <laughs> Oh,
3: no. Oh, see, that's, that's, those are words I don't want to hear. Nobody yeah. wants to hear that.
2: That's ego talking completely, so it's cool.
3: Yes, well, this is our second time using StreamYard, is that correct? Yes. Right. It's, so it's already,
2: it's already messed up once, so it's good.
3: Yes, so, um, you know, bear with us, those who are watching uh, at home and uh, and abroad. We, we appreciate it, um, but there may be some bumps along the way. As a matter of fact, we might have difficulty with one of our co-hosts, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but uh, right now, let me introduce also uh, Darren, who's also a longtime host of the show.
4: Hi everybody! How are you? Howdy. Happy Tuesday! Happy how Tuesday! Happy Tuesday! Said no one ever.
3: So, anyway. uh, so last <laughs> time we did this, it was less than a hundred days left it, to con. It's
4: now seventy days. Yeah. yeah, is That's it? True. How did
3: that happen? Like we didn't. We
4: it was. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I realized the other day. Yes, it was just yesterday. I realized it's about two and a half months. Less than two and a half months, mm-hmm. which yep. is very startling to me. Very. Very interesting. so uh so those people who think uh ah, i can I, I have some time you don't have any time left
4: no no your time is running out you, yeah it's time to make plans and if you haven't made plans it's time to decide yes or no
3: oh absolutely
4: really, really yes where absolutely where we are so
3: so uh also uh mike is jen able to join us is she
2: back i think jen is back so let's okay try to in her yes. in. hey jen there how's she it is. going Oh, maybe uh, you? Hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no idea. You
0: have no idea. If-
2: um, so I it, think Jen
3: is kind of with us. She's kind of with us, sure. Having some issues there? You're not hearing? You we, we can hear you.
0: Oh, okay.
3: But, but there seems like <laughs> there's a bit of a delay. But, well,
0: there's always, that, a,
3: de- there's yeah, always a delay. I don't...
0: Everything was working great until I jumped into the room, and then. Of course, of fine.
3: course, of course. Is this is this your new studio?
0: No, I. No. uh, We're hoping two weeks. Two weeks, I'll be in the new house. So. Gotcha, Yay. gotcha.
3: Okay, okay. So, it's so the heat in Texas. That's everything will be improved with the new setup, right? <laughs> <Fingers
4: crossed>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we can hope. We can hope. Uh, and also from the DragonCon Newbies group, we've got Kim joining us. Howdy, Kim.
1: Hi, everybody.
3: Welcome to the show. Great to be here. For those people that may not be familiar with, because I think this, it's been a while since you've joined us on the show. Certainly, I think this is the first time you've joined us on the video uh, portion of the show. Um, how long have you been with the Newbies group?
1: Oh, it's a trick question, right? um well i'm 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 gonna say 10 10, 9, 10 years i'm guessing
3: <laughs> how what was what year was your first dragon con because i know you know that
1: oh that i do know that was 1990 i believe
2: 1990. i was gonna say if there was a 19 in there i knew it's been a long time <laughs> yeah it's been it's been a while
3: so, but that's cool. That's very cool. Um, and we're glad to have you here. We're always glad to have somebody from the newbies group join us, uh, because we definitely care about those people who are going to dragon Hunt for the first time. And, and I'm guessing from, well, just taking a look at the group, there seems like there's a lot of people that are, are going for the first time or planning to go for the first time this year.
1: Yeah. We've, we've been seeing an uptick in, uh, members into the newbie group. We're over, we're over. 5500 now I think. Somewhere I don't know, exact number but I know it's over 5500 that we have
3: like. Wow. Wow. So, that's amazing. And that's and, and every and every one of them has questions.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And and you know we get some questions, we get every year and we get multiple times and we don't care. We'll answer those questions for you. We are the no snark, no drinking
3: games, no meme group. You know, there's no stupid question unless you don't ask it. God, that's good That's good to know. Um, is there any question off the bat that you can think of that is like the one of the most popular questions?
1: The question I've been seeing a lot lately has been about
3: parking and oh, MARTA. Go. Gotcha.
1: So gotcha. mostly the advice I've been giving out is a lot of people have a lot of luck using Spot Hero to reserve parking spots.
3: Yes. Or oh, yeah, yeah, if
1: you can do it, right, or if you can do it and you're driving in, drive to con, drop all your stuff off, take your car out to the Lindbergh Marta Station, park there, ride Marta in, because overnight parking at Marta at the Lindbergh Marta Station is like five bucks a day.
5: So gotcha. you can park
1: there for the entire con for what it would for less than what it would cost you to park one night in some of the parking decks close to con that have event parking.
3: Right. And and for those people who may not yeah, for those people who don't know, um a lot of times event parking is just for that day, whereas spot hero parking usually is for multiple days. So for example and you without you can't leave or come back if you do that. No. Uh so it is you do have to really be careful how you pick your park.
4: Uh, I just checked and Lindbergh's now eight dollars oh. a night just oh, they, Okay. Just it's still cheaper the price, than so parking downtown. Oh, it's downtown. <laughs> sure,
2: the downtown, but, so much cheaper than parking yeah. at like one of the host hotels. That's at least right. fifty bucks a night. Yeah, yeah at
4: least fifteen bucks yeah. a night, and parking at the airport's expensive as well. So, yeah. there's that. Yeah.
2: So uh we're all
3: here to talk about uh the great uh, the latest news and notes but also our main topic of this episode is going to be discuss all things DC TV we want our DC TV and to join us uh, joining us to do that is uh the DC TV man himself Brian Richardson
5: X DC TV man, thank you very much. Ex- but they still let me on the channel every once in a while. It's it's oh, complicated. Okay. We can get okay. into that when we're done. You know, no, it's
3: okay. Like it's okay.
5: Gotcha. Good to know.
3: Good to know. Good to know. Yes, I it's will a uh, story. story. So well, um maybe a <laughs> short version. So what is your role now? What do you what are you doing now? So
5: uh I went I so I tripped and fell into co-founding DragonCon TV back in two thousand two, became videography director in two thousand five. Uh, Stepped away from that in 2017. And since 2018, I have been – I still keep my uh, hosting duties on The Late Show, Mm -hmm. uh, which I've been with ever since. It was our terrible idea to wake up early and be camera ready at 9 a.m. every day of the convention. (laughs) That was a choice that we made. (laughs) Um, And I'm also now one of the uh, panel moderators. So I do a lot of main track um, uh, moderation for – yeah, you know, like I've I've done uh, George Cage, Gina Torres, um, the cast of Enterprise, um, including some of the folks that are now in Strange New Worlds, um, uh, Benedict Wong. Um mm-hmm was my first guest that I moderated. Um, So it's they just sort of like chucked me at that. It was just like, here you go. You've been on camera before, right? I'm like, yeah, but not for an hour where I can't cut when I get nervous because that's Gina Torres like six feet to my right. Okay, I guess we're doing this. Um, Yeah, and I still write a little bit for DragonCon TV, um, uh, some of the bumpers and bits. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, mostly uh, they're running their own ship, and I am putting on uh, funny shirts on camera. Gotcha.
3: Gotcha. Well, okay. That's good. Thank you for clarifying that though. So um, at, uh, you are not officially uh, representing DC TV here.
5: I'll tell you everything I know about it, which is basically like a lot less since they <laughs> upgraded everything since I left.
2: Um. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be after the first break, folks.
3: Yes, we'll, we'll get into all that a little bit later. So before that, I've got to uh, do some business uh, and say that we are a proud member of the ESO Network. Uh, we have a cool tea Public store filled with all kinds of stuff, including a very nifty design for the Dragon Con Report podcast. There's a link for that in this uh, sh- episode show notes for those people who are listening and uh if you're watching us just go to the eso network page Uh, at the top of it there's a link Uh, we also have a patreon page so uh and we always want to thank our patrons for their support a lot of people who support eso network do so because of the dragon con report and we are very very Mm -hmm. thankful of that um, you can also help support our show by leaving us a review on whatever platform you're watching or listening to, uh, listening to, including, uh, let me take a deep breath, <gasps> Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Audible.com. And, Micah, uh, is there a couple of new ones?
2: Oh, there's a couple of new ones. We're also now up on TuneIn Radio, or it's on Pandora. Uh, pretty much what we like to say is, we're, you know, wherever you listen to your podcasts and the good podcasts and such... The Dragon Con reports there also. So Yeah,
3: absolutely. And you can watch us on Facebook and uh, also the videos available on YouTube, our YouTube channel as well.
2: Exactly. We're going live right now on YouTube. So, hi, YouTube people.
3: So you can leave us direct feedback and comment on us right now. Uh, you can also email us directly at feedback at dragonconreport.com. Uh, please access our past episodes uh, at dragonconreport.com. Because like I said, we've been doing this. This is our 11th season. So we've got plenty of episodes of the past that uh, you can check out. And including, I think, Brian, you're on a few of those way back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> from from it was a like a few years ago.
3: ago. Yeah, it's wow, been a long that, time, man. It's been a bit. Yeah, so we are glad to have you back with us finally again. um Also, I want to point out that the Dragon Con Report is an unofficial podcast of the convention. We are not and never have been officially connected with Dragon Con. So, for all the official news, we strongly recommend checking out the official website and the social media outlets. Uh, Now, that said, let's get started with some news and notes. Uh, Surprisingly, not a ton of news to come out in the last uh, three weeks, um, other than guest announcements. And we'll get to that in a bit. Um, Recently, uh, membership has gone up uh, June 18th, just a few days ago. Uh, The full weekend is now $160, uh, which you can uh, get online. Um, you can get on by going to dragoncon.com and then following uh, the links to purchase. Uh, they also have uh, daily membership options as well. Thursday is $20, uh, Friday is $50, Saturday is $70, Sunday is $60, Monday is $40, Saturday through Monday is $130, and Sunday and Monday is $80. So there's a lot of options there depending on when you want to go. A uh, $5 processing fee will apply, be applied to all memberships and uh they all are all non refundable and non transferable and some of them uh like the day passes are extremely limited in number and most likely to sell out so uh please uh you know understand that and get and and you know as as we've said there's only like two and a half months left so if you're you're on the fence uh let's go <laughs> let's go get it done right um as for those people who are worried about the proto, uh, the protocols regarding COVID and everything, um, there's been no news about that. Uh, DragonCon is uh, going to announce that no later than August 1st about what their uh, protocols and what they intend to be. So, so if you're worried about that and, you know, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Um, if you were hoping to be, um, submit a application for guest and attending pro that, uh, time period has passed. The deadline was the 15th of, of June. So, uh, yep. Sorry. Out of luck there. Um, so yeah, once that announced, once that, once that was closed, all of a sudden they started announcing people like crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we've got a lot of guest announcements and we'll get to them, like I said, in a little bit. Uh, The only other thing that I wanted to uh, notice or that I noticed and I noticed this just this afternoon is uh, there's a town hall meeting this week as well. Uh, It is scheduled for Thursday, uh, June 23rd. So uh, if you're listening to this, it's probably already aired. uh, But if you're watching this, uh, you can watch Tony and Little Red Dot uh, talk all about. I think this one is about um, all the wonderful workshops that are available this year at Dragon Con, as well as the usual fun and probably some Uh, guest announcements as well. So uh, you'll want to tune into that. Um, so we, we definitely are no replacement for the official town hall meetings, but we are, uh, you know, we are an addition, we're a welcome addition. So, and, and, and you get, to, and we get to do it first this week,
2: I guess, uh, we'll have to change well, to the, schedule the schedule a little I, bit so that we are listening to us too.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, um, yeah, we'll probably have to schedule this a little bit different so that we actually plan these a little bit like after the official town meeting. So we have a little bit more to talk about, maybe as far as the news goes, um, any other news that uh, you guys have run across, Mike, Darren, uh, Jen, Kim? Kim, sorry. Mm-hmm. Anything that you guys have thought about or that has has run across your desk? I know that there's been some some party announcements already. Uh, I think the Brit that. Tracks one. I have,
1: I, yeah, the Brit Track has announced that they're having a, a Doctor Who ball. That's already been announced. Yeah. Um I don't know if gaming has announced the 8 bit bash yet which is traditionally their big ball you know um, mm-hmm. It's about it's about time when we'll start seeing probably in the next month or so that some of the tracks will put up on, on like their Facebook groups a tentative schedule for Dragon Con. Now, it's not the real schedule yet, but they'll put up like a tentatively this is what we we're
3: planning. So you might want to be a lookout for that. I've noticed that a lot of the tracks uh, from the organizations on Facebook and whatnot are starting to announce uh, their, their planned panels um, and they're calling for panelists. Mm-hmm. So if you, anybody out there is interested in submitting a panel or being a panelist, uh jump on that right away. find the track that you're interested in and see what they 're offering and and get involved it 's not too late uh Most of them are just now starting to finalize i wouldn 't even say finalize they 're just starting to put their panels together and uh and almost every panel room uh the any track room that I could think of needs needs help so they all are looking for assistance of some kind so um it's yeah reach out to them directly. I know. Um, volunteers right, yeah. are always welcome
2: <laughs> yes yes oh very much so i know oh, a lot yes. of the tracks are really in desperate need of fans this, of you know volunteers this year so mm. i know that's going on that you know they have been put it like i know the i know they have some room in the brit tracks i know they have some room over in the uh, new media track which is podcasting and you know, that I know they're looking for a couple extra. And so check if you want to try to be a volunteer. It's a great way to get your feet into the door for Dragon Con. I know a few folks who um, are now, you know, basically in charge of some of the tracks
5: started out as volunteers. Yep. And so, yeah. so
2: it's, it's yeah. pretty cool.
5: And then uh, places like tech ops, safety, information are always looking for people. And that's a good way. You know, like a a track room volunteer basically sees the room and they see some cool content, but they're basically, that's their room for whatever their shift is. Uh, Tech ops volunteer or safety will see more of the convention because they tend to float around a little bit more or they'll be in a larger ballroom that a lot of big content comes through. Um, So there's there's definitely uh, a lot of opportunities in there and that's kind of, you know, I was a volunteer before videography existed. So uh, mm-hmm. that's an interesting way to, uh, accidentally get responsibilities if you're competent and keep showing up or yeah. just a cool way to see like a different part of the convention.
1: One question I have that I'm I was still thinking- still a, I'm still a volunteer at this point. Awesome. Um, I'm a volunteer on this sci-fi lit track oh, and cool. I have no idea if we need volunteers or not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well um one question i had uh or the one thing i was thinking of about volunteers and i think this is true but correct me somebody correct me if i'm wrong um if someone is a volunteer um say if there's a long line or if there's any kind of line to get into america's mart or anything like that you don't have to wait in that line you can just like go that is, is incorrect that, That's
2: is incorrect. that incorrect that is not a. That is incorrect. That is not a thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. not a thing. No, a lot of times, even if you, you wait, wait in line, just like everybody you
1: else, you do not get. Yep. Yeah. No, you get don't get line breaking <laughs>
3: privileges. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to make sure because I thought I'd yeah. seen uh, some uh, folks like uh, try to use that as a. Yeah, that's not a. That's not good.
5: Cool. No,
2: no. Okay. I tried to get no. in. you know, mm-hmm. past the line, and the fire marshal says, "I don't care if you run this place; you're getting in line, pretty much."
5: yes yeah. it <laughs> turns cute. out yeah. that you can be on fire with or without a volunteer badge, and uh that's a problem yeah yeah that is that is true yes uh, tech ops, I, you you have a higher chance of being on fire at tech ops because you're
3: and, electricity, and, but, and you' know, and and i have been a uh you know i've been lucky enough to be fortunate enough to be a guest and and yes i have i've been stopped by the fire marshal as well on the way in so I can't just breeze through' because, yes I, apparently i'm flammable
2: uh as well. That's so. all the polyester in your wine.
3: It's the
5: beard. <laughs> I going to say it's, it's the whiskey, but it's, yeah. Um, it's, it's all of the above. <laughs> of any and of any talent, um, race, creed, or national organ can, can block a fire exit. And so that's why the uh, fire marshal does not discriminate.
3: Yes. So. Yes, good call. Well, I'm glad we got that out there because, uh, I was thinking about that and I thought I'd seen something to the ill effect, but that's, that's good to know. That's good to know. All right. So, um, anything else we should know regarding, um, say what's going on in the newbies group, what questions they have or anything like that, Kim?
1: Um, I don't have anything right off the bat. I mean, it's, um, you know, we talked about parking a little bit earlier and that's, you know, this time of year, that's a question we get asked a lot. The questions kind of go through phases certain time of the year um you know i've had people we've had people asking about like some of the workshops and stuff which obviously the town hall meeting on thursday is going to be covering that um a lot of and people, i don't have new
2: special group, information I have, about that I have no, um kim i have noticed that in the newbies group a lot of people have been asking about the aquarium for so tickets for that. Cause yeah, we have on- had a lot of
1: people asking about the aquarium and that is a, yeah, that is a separate ticket from your regular dragon con membership and you can get those. I, I don't know if they're currently available on the DragonCon.org website. Um, I encourage you to go look at that website. If you have not, not there's tons of information there about all kinds of things. Uh, but that is, there are a few things at dragon con that are an extra price uh, outside of your membership, like the workshops, for example, the night at the aquarium is an additional cost. Um, the guest of honor banquet is an additional cost. Mm. It's the only things I can really think of, you know, outside of like, of course, like paying for photo ops and autographs and that kind of thing. That's never really oh, right, um, right. But you're telling people that your badge, you know, we've had people ask, do I have to sign up for panels and things like that. And we're like, no, your badge gets you into all of that. You know, any of the panels, the parade, the dances, all of that, your badge gets you into all of that. And there's only a handful of items that are an additional cost.
3: You know, I am just checking now to see if there's any tickets for the aquarium. And uh, it looks like, It looks like the general mission, which is uh, $35 through the end of June, Uh, July 1st, it goes up to $40. Um, And the VIPs are still available. VIPs are a hundred dollars now. And then uh, July 1st, they'll go up to $110.
2: Yes. And folks, you know, it's going to be, it's a ton of fun to go. And, you know, Jen has gone quite a few times and, you know, she can speak to that. You know how, and she has in the past of how great. I don't, of time can
0: it. you hear? Can you hear me this time?
2: Yeah, yes, I can, can hear you.
0: Oh yes. my gosh! <laughs> okay,
2: so you want to Hi. tell everyone about that?
0: Yeah, the uh, um, so I've done both the general admission and the VIP. Uh, in fact, I did three years at general admission, and I did VIP for the first time last year. I do have to say, the VIP is totally worth it. Um, if not for no other reason that uh, if you like to imbibe, as me and my group do, and you think about the uh, cost per size of a cocktail that you're getting, uh, you will drink the amount the VIP ticket costs in about thirty minutes. Um, so, uh, well, I drink that much, uh, which it's <laughs> really it's. <laughs> Maybe only like six drinks. Uh but they're in the tiny, you know, little wine glasses. So uh but you you don't have to wait in the line for the bar. Uh the the food that it's offered in the VIP area is completely different than the the food you get in GA. Uh I don't know how it's been in previous years, but last year the food was very tasty. And you also get a private view of different sides of the larger aquariums. Uh, like the, we got to see the baby beluga whales that the general public did not see last year. And uh, you also got a view of that really large um, tank that has the tiger sharks in it. You got a completely different view that other people didn't get to see as well. But I think just for the, you know, the, the no lines, the food, the views, and also the DJ they had in there was really great. And there was plenty of room and plenty of tables. So it was just nice to take a break from going to look at the exhibits and, and being around a bigger crowd of people than being able to step into a room and have a place to sit. Or if you wanted to dance, there was room on the dance floor. Uh, and the staff that were in there, you know, were really great, stepping in and tell you stuff about the the fish and what they do there and taking some cool photos that you got texted for your phone that weren't an extra charge. So I just... Either way, I think it's a, it's a it's worth the price whether you're going VIP or GA. Uh, the, the Georgia Aquarium is a very unique setup, really neat, unique exhibits, and yeah, I, I I'd say it's something you should try at least once if you are a uh, a regular Dragon Con attendee because it's mm-hmm. really cool seeing everyone in their costumes in that setting.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we got a real nice comment about the con suite. I posted it up here. If you guys want to, anyone want to comment about the con suite? Cause a lot of people who come to the con don't actually even know that they're. Oh is yeah.
5: Best suite. kept secret at the convention.
0: Yeah, I just learned where <laughs> okay. it like, like three years ago and now you it's going to move right. and I have to learn all over again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. All right. I got this. We do the tours. We point out how to get to the con suite every year. But this—it's a new be, location it's, now. A new
2: location this year. Well, it's, I think. Yeah, I.
1: No, they've added. I think they've added a secondary location.
2: No, uh, said, what
1: they've done. His post says
2: on oh, yeah. different.
1: It says
0: a
3: different floor. It's moving.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be moving.
5: So stay tuned. Ah, stay stay
2: tuned. Episode. TBD.
3: Yeah, we'll so. try to find out about that before. Follow okay.
4: the smell I of the deviled team. eggs. You know, it'll yes. be fine. Exactly. Well.
2: This actually leads right into our next section, so it, you might actually like this one. When well, will you the announce announce new guests? Get,
3: new guests. All right. Well, uh, I <laughs> guess I did, you know, because you demanded it, um, and you might Are be you sorry ready? for this. You might be sorry for this because you know the tradition is if our if our hosts mispronounce a name, then everybody drinks. So, wow. uh, uh, so get ready, your beverage of choice. And without further ado, Mike, take it away.
2: No, it's not me anymore. It's Darren <laughs> and the lovely Jennifer. Okay. So sit back, folks. Enjoy. Um, I'll just tell you, since we haven't done it since the beginning of the year like we normally do, there was quite a frippin' lot of guests to go <laughs> through. and yes.
0: Somebody time this.
2: <laughs> so I'm going to be very curious to see how these guys do. I have my drink ready. You know, please do everybody else at home. Cause you know, Darren, you ready to take it away? My friend.
4: Well, I was going to let ladies go first. So. Okay. Well, gentlemen above all things. So. All right. oh, oh
2: yeah. Uh huh.
0: Let's kick this off. John G. Hartness is an author, publisher, and podcaster from Charlotte, North Carolina. He is the author of multiple novel series, including the award-winning Quincy Harker Demon Hunter series. He's also a co-founder and publisher of Falstaff Books and a member of the Authors and Dragons Live D&D podcast.
4: Kevin Eldridge produces and hosts the Flopcast, a pop culture comedy podcast. He is a published sci-fi author, an organizer, and host of Skeptic Events and a comedy musician.
0: Magic lover Katie Cross has published more than 20 books in young adult fantasy because she likes to hang out with dragons in wild
4: places. Tyra Burton is a social media strategist and creator of the Geek Meets Social Podcast. She has written the sci-fi romance Penduli Station and socially engaged the author's guide to social media.
0: Michael Bailey has been podcasting since 2007 and currently runs the Fortress of Bailey-tude podcasting network. He also writes for the Superman Homepage and currently co-hosts Superman Homepage Live.
4: Dave West is the subject of the award-winning documentary Troublemaker. As the owner and operator of NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, he has been providing commentary on pop culture dorkery for over a decade.
0: Rob Roberts is an internet broadcasting veteran and co-creator of Orange Lounge Radio. He is also a host of cult cinema screenings and variety shows throughout Northern California.
4: James Palmer is an award-winning writer of science fiction and pulp adventure, author of four books in the Shadow Cancel Archive series, and editor of the Monster Earth series.
0: Tara Lynn is an author, event planner, fandom and geek culture expert, and public speaker. They founded Ice and Fire Con and are a host of the Geek Saga and Sagas and Sass Podcasts.
4: Michael Faulkner is a writer and podcaster at Creative Criticality. He is the author of the Timestance Project and is also one of the leaders for Dragon Con newbies.
0: Shami A. Stovall is an award-winning author of science fiction and fantasy. When she's not reading fascinating articles and books, Stovall can be found playing way too many video games.
4: Hey, Alan. Alan Seiler is the owner of Cosmic Press. He's the owner, author of three books about Doctor Who, the kids' book Lucy Can't Dance, and essays on numerous pop culture topics.
0: As Wonder Spark puppets, Chad Williams has written, directed, and performed over 15 puppet plays for family audiences with hundreds of shows every year.
4: Rob Levy regularly writes about popular culture and co-hosts the Music, Modernity, and Weekend Justice podcast. He has contributed to Time Lords and Tribbles, Winchesters and Muggles, and much more.
0: Charles Kelso is half of the husband and wife puppetry team Felt Nerdy. They have been performing at conventions across the Southeast for over seven years.
4: Savannah J. Goines, author of fantasy novels The Gwytheon, <laughs> the Crivabanian right, and the so, uh, yeah. Catherweer, take a drink, I'm sure I messed one of <laughs> up. Uses her background in dragon wrangling as an exotic animal RVT to inspire young adults.
0: Veronica Daschle is half of the husband and wife puppetry team Felt Nerdy. She and her husband, Charles Kelso, can be seen at conventions across the Southeast.
4: Dr. Joshua Colwell is chair and Pegasus professor of physics at the University of Central Florida. He hosts walkabout the galaxy the fun astronomy podcast
0: darren m bush is an award-winning science fiction and fantasy short story author he is the founder and executive producers of tables of content a virtual sci-fi convention
5: bobby
4: blackwolf is the co-owner of the voice of geeks network podcast network and twitch channel and has hosted a live internet show and podcast about video games since 2005
0: kevin Bouchelger has been podcasting about genre tv and movies since 2005 His podcasts have won four Parsec Awards in the Best Fan Podcast category.
4: Kim Stedman is a systems engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Currently, she is a systems engineer for the Mars 2020 rover engineering operations team and the operations lead for the Sherlock instrument. She has also worked on the Opportunity rover, Curiosity rover, and the Cassini mission.
0: Bill Fawcett has created and edited over 400 science fiction books. He has collaborated on the Mycroft Holmes, Ian Fleming, and Madame Burnett Mysteries. His books include Hunters and Shooters, The Teams, and a UFO Handbook. Fawcett also has edited written over a dozen books about great mistakes in history.
4: Joanna Estep is the critically acclaimed illustrator of such titles as Fantastic Four, X-Men, New Mutants, Bitch Planet, Death and the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Her work has earned the Space Prize and nominations for Eisner and Harvey Awards.
0: Margaret Downey is the founder and the president of the Free Thought Society and the president of the Thomas Paine Memorial Association. She is the organizer of the yearly Dragon Con Skeptic Parade Entry and created a character known as the Frigatriska Decaphobia Treatment Nurse in order to teach critical thinking skills. I messed up uh, on the word critical? I mean, come on. Okay. <laughs> Pronto,
4: Pronto. <laughs> Bernadette Johnson is the author of The Big Book of Spy Trivia, which covers espionage history, tradecraft, and entertainment. Her other works include 50-plus articles for HowStuffWorks.com and several short stories.
0: Steven Adams is the host of the long-running comedy podcast Horseshoes and Hand Grenades and a founder of the Two Dorks Network of Podcasts and live streams.
4: Mary Abreu is a TV film seamstress and set costumer for more than 10 years and the author of three sewing books with Slash Books and CNT Publishing.
0: Sue Kaisenweather has been podcasting about sci-fi, TV, and movies since 2010. Currently, she co-hosts Women at Warp, exploring Star Trek through a feminist
4: lens. Omega Jones, also known as the Critical Bard, is a performer, TTRPG designer, and Twitch partner. As a content creator, he puts diversity and activism first in all aspects of his life.
0: T.J. Sterling, a former Marvel DC Comics artist, lives and works in New York City. T.J. also creates his own comics via his indie publishing label, RAE Comics. To date, T.J. has raised over 50000 via Kickstarter and is a drawing teacher at the Joe Kubert School of Comic Art.
4: Cartoonist and animator Robert Pope draws the Peanuts Gang for Simon, Spotlight, and Boom and Looney Tunes for DC. He's drawn Scooby-Doo, Batman, Powerpuff Girls, and more for DC, IDW, as well as animating for CN Classics, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, uh, ATHF, Animaniacs, The Brack Show, and others.
0: Bobby Nash is an award-winning author of novels, comic books, short stories, screenplays, audio, and more. On occasion, he acts in movies and TV shows, usually standing behind your favorite actor, but sometimes they even let him speak. He puts pen to paper and doodles.
4: Keith R.A.D. Candido has written tons of novels, short fiction and comics in licensed universes from Alien to Zorro and his own milieus in the fictional Cliffs End and Super City and also New York and Key West. He writes about pop culture for Tor.com.
0: Delilah S. Dawson is the New York Times bestselling author of Star Wars Phasma and Galaxy's Edge Black Spire, The Violence, The Minecraft Mob Squad series, The Hip series, The Blood series, The Shadow series, written as Lila Bowen, and Tales of Pell, written with Kevin Hurt.
4: Author editor Julie E. Zerneda has shared her curiosity about living things and optimism through her sci fi and fantasy, published by Dow Books new york to each this world her 23rd novel and a new standalone sf will be out this november
0: jared the yard, yard sale artist albrick is the creator of his own original comic Hamilton versus burr a werewolf tale he's written for z2 comics and done trading card art for marvel and upper deck he's currently the inker for pulsar and cold lightning for white rocket
4: comics With over 30 fiction and nonfiction book publishing credits and hundreds of magazine articles, writer and podcaster Alan J. Porter likes to talk about stuff and make up stories, too.
0: Tony P. Henderson is a moderator, podcaster, and a digital media creator known for the Tony P. Oddcast, the Geek Versus podcast, and is a contestant on America's Next Top Podcaster.
4: Travis Heerman is the author of nine novels, including Tokyo Blood Magic and the Ronin Trilogy, plus short fiction in Apex Magazine, Cemetery Dance, and others.
0: Henry Hanks has written about geek culture for sites such as CNN.com, SciFi.com, and JoeBlow.com. He has participated in DragonCon panels for over 20 years.
4: Van Allen Plexico is a multi award winning writer, best known for the Sentinels illustrated superhero novels and comics, 1960s crime novels, and the shattering space opera universe. His White Rocket Entertainment Network features ongoing podcasts and videos covering James Bond, Babylon 5, the Avengers, and more.
0: Jim. Timothy Zahn is the author of 16 Star Wars books and the Cobra, Quadrille, Sybil's War, and Dragonback series. Recent books include Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil, and A Call to Insurrection with David Weber and Thomas Pope. Upcoming books include The Icarus Plot.
4: We're halfway through, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Jill Gerard has started numerous successful made-for-TV movies as well as feature films. He is best known to sci-fi audiences as Captain William Buck Rogers in the sci-fi TV series Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, It's hard not to say that like Duck Dodgers, It really is. (laughs) His other roles include several movie and TV series appearances.
0: Mike Faber founded the geeky and ever-expanding ESO Network. He hosts the Earth Station One and Earth Station Who podcast. The ESO Network podcast celebrate all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Along the way, he mentors and teaches new podcasters how to start and produce new projects.
4: James R. Tuck has written 11 novels, 7 novellas, and countless short stories, some under the name of Levi Black. He has been a professional tattoo artist for 27 years, and he used to throw people out of bars for money.
0: Afua Richardson is a native African-American comic creator best known for her work on Top Cow's Genius. Richardson is the artist of Marvel's new Blade series, All-Star Batman, and Attack on Titan's American Anthology. She is a singer and flute player in the band, Waking Astronomer.
4: In 1977, Wendy and Richard Peeney co-founded Warp Graphics, and the following year, ElfQuest was born. Widely regarded as the first American manga, ElfQuest has won industry awards and continues to be a publishing phenomenon, as well as an inspiration to its readers. That covers Richard and Wendy, Penny, don't you yeah. think?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go, keep going. Leanne to skip, Lord. Try to skip ahead.
0: <laughs> Leanne Lord is a stand-up comedian and the ardor of Dick Jones and Real Women Do It Standing Up. Hey, Lord now. is also... Lord <laughs> has also been a co-host on Star Talk Radio with Neil deGrasse Tyson. She has been seen on Comedy HBO and Showtime.
4: Chris Hamer is an artist based out of Georgia. He is working for Scout Comics on his creator-owned book, The Adventures of Byron, as well as variant covers for Scout releases. He has had work and is being published in the upcoming Hannibal art book by Printed in Blood.
0: <laughs> Michael Gordon is a writer, editor, publisher, and podcaster. His wow. creator of comic, Tiki Zombie, has been running for over a decade. Uh, Gordon, can okay. also, <laughs> Gordon can also be heard saying howdy on the Weekly Air Station One podcast, as well as a number of other shows.
4: Portland's Summer Olson is a puppeteer for the children's music, musician Red Yarn. She spearheaded Luminary's Shadow of the Polish Avant Garde Shadow Theater and Puppet Spectacle with teacher, figure, kakrawl. Take it Katie. Go ahead and take one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Katie McClanahan, a.k.a. Katie Mack of Beady Little Eyes, is a puppeteer and Puppet Slam producer based in Portland, Oregon. This year, she has produced a new puppet film, Lake Minitri... Minitri... <laughs> All right,
4: there we go. Another one. Carl Another <laughs> Herlinger is an L.A. ventriloquist known for, for his irreverent and outside-of-the-box approach. He's performed at shows including The Magic Castle, Flappers, Tomorrow Show, and the L.A. Guild of Puppetry.
0: Back again with a slew of new songs and a new album, Tom Smith once again stretches the boundaries of filk with serious, funny, musical, mythical, maniacal, political, and pun-filled performances.
4: Hailing from Charlotte, North Carolina, Hawthorne and Holly are a pop punk band that plays songs about Harry Potter, Doctor Who, and other fandoms. Leah Schroeder and Christy Mowry weave gorgeous harmonies with Eddie Mowry on guitars, while Dave Bukar of Baltimore, Maryland slaps his amazing bass.
0: Scott Hanna is an inker in the comic book industry, has worked with DC Comics and Marvel. He started his career with Eternity Comics and worked for DC for five years. He has worked for Marvel Comics for almost 14 years and inked almost every major character.
4: Peter Kappen-Cutler, artist for New Legends Tiki Zombie, done uh, over the last three years for ABS Inc., Conti's Galactic Press, East Cobber, and Guy Giltris Production, also working on his own Spooky Cookies art, books, and many other items.
0: The Atlanta Radio Theater Company has been creating audio drama and comedy in the fields of science fiction, fantasy, horror, detectives, and a couple of Regency romances since 1984. They've been performing live on the radio, on podcasts, and on YouTube.
4: Vision Video is a goth pop band fronted by veteran firefighter and paramedic Dusty Gannon, playing music reminiscent of goth classic acts like The Cure and Joy Division with a fresh new take on the genre.
0: Bathroom of the Future is nerd rock for punks, or maybe punk rock for nerds. Influenced by Weezer, Nerf Herder, and Roswell Kid, Bathroom of the Future offers up short, fast, catchy songs about life, love, losing at fighting games, and meeting someone cosplaying the same character as you.
4: A Symphony of Darkness, Valentine Wolf performs gothic metal inspired by seances, 19th century goth literature, and classic music. Combining the haunting soprano of Sarah Black and the bleak maelstrom of Braxton Bellow's solo double bass, the only muse they follow is their own. Take
0: real-life Transformers playing music from Transformers the movie in true 80s metal style. Add in samplings from anime, genre, and video game crowd-pleasers, then combine with awesome original material, For one unforgettable night of robot rock with the Cybertronic Spree.
4: Mikey Mason from She Don't Like Firefly, Best Game Ever, is a ball of contagious enthusiasm who sings about role-playing games, sci-fi, fantasy, cats, and being a geek. He's been heard on Nerdist, Sci-Fi, The Fump, and Dr. Demento, and is a truly must-see event.
0: Jim Butcher is the author of The Dresden Files, the Codex Lera, and a steampunk series, The Cinder's Fires. His resume includes a laundry list of skills which were useful a couple of centuries ago, and he played guitar quite badly.
4: Brian Krause is an American actor. He is known for his role as Leo Wyatt on Charmed and for portraying the lead role of Charles Brady in the 1992 horror film Sleepwalkers.
0: Holly Marie Combs is known for her roles as Kimberly Brock in Picket Fences, Piper Halliwell in Charmed, and Ella Montgomery in Pretty Little Liars.
4: Christina V is an L.A.-based voice actress, director, and producer. In animation, she is known as Sailor Mars in Sailor Moon, Hawk in The Seven Deadly Sins, among many more. She has worked on hundreds of video games and was the first canon female Black Power Ranger.
0: Prolific writer Jerry Conway penned many amazing comics, including The Amazing Spider-Man, and JLA is the co-creator of The Punisher, Ms. Marvel, Firestorm, Power Girl, and many other iconic characters. Jerry's most recent works include What If Flash Thompson Was Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vowels, and Carnage. Jerry will be appearing Friday through Sunday.
4: Rico Renzi is an artist, colorist, and designer from Washington, D.C. His work has appeared in the Academy Award-winning Spider-Man, Enter the Spider-Verse, and Marvel comics like Spider-Gwen, She-Hulk, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and many more. He currently resides in North Carolina with his wife and daughter who tolerate his foolishness.
0: SFWA Grandmaster Larry Niven is the multiple Hugo and Nebula award winning author of the Ringworld series, along with many other science fiction masterpieces. Other works include The Moat and God's Eye, Lucifers Hammer, Football, Neutron Star, The Gripping Hand, Protector, and many more.
4: George Lowe is the ad living madman behind Space Ghost. Cartoon Network's wildly popular Adult Swim block was built on this cult hit, Space Ghost Coast, Coast to Coast, which ran for a decade with legions of fans responsible for its success.
0: All right, the one that gets all of us every year, the <laughs> Big Naggy and bars are back for a dragon reunion. They take traditional Irish, Irish and Iris. Scottish folk song like, and mix it up with <laughs> <laughs> the music to create a unique brand of Celtic filk.
4: You got Broadding in, and then the Irish <laughs> just messed you right up. <laughs> Ah. It's always the, Irish. the The blivering humdingers, goopy acoustic nerd rock for wizards, witchers, uh, and witches, games, Jedi, hobbits, time lords, LARPers, browncoats, skadians, and all manner of hoopy fruits. You'll be positively grunted by our non sequitur nonsense and musical mayhem.
0: Nolan North, who has been described as the nearest thing the game's industry has to a bona fide leading man, is working. His voice work includes characters such as Nathan Drake from Uncharted, Desmond Miles from Assassin's Creed, the Penguin in Batman Arkham, and several Marvel characters, most popularly Deadpool.
4: Rita Del Torre is a producer and actress known for Seekers of the Lost Worlds, Continuum Course, Vampires of Whitechapel, and Star Mage, Guardians of Metal Titan.
0: JC Dilatory is an author, composer, animator, filmmaker, audio drama, fiction podcast creator, producer, screen- screenwriter, editor, voice actor, and probably a few other things that we forgot to mention.
2: And and that's, that's
3: it. That's that it? it? Wait, 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 that's it. <laughs> it's over? It's over. Oh, my goodness. It's over. All right wow. everybody show's over that's it that's all we have time wow. for uh,
5: <laughs> I have my drink left <laughs> wow i need to get a that, that is amazing
3: ah. um and yes it was yeah they they waited a long time i think the longest time i uh, know it yeah it's been a long time since they've waited so long to announce so many get, like to start announcing big guests so um and so yeah the uh I can't even if imagine we're halfway to there yet.
2: Apologize to everyone who was not, who's coming that was not on the list because the original list was seventy six pages. So it yes,
3: yes. If your car. name was not mentioned, we uh, love you was, anyway. Yes, it's we not we, personal. We Absolutely. There's, Absolutely. A <laughs> exactly. there's a website. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, and yet you know, I mean, it, a lot of those names we recognize uh, because we've seen them before, um, and they're good friends of ours, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's some new people coming, which is pretty exciting. Um, I, you know, I already see people out there sort of like just waiting for the the shoe to drop as to who the big names are going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I mean, you know, this, this list in and of itself is, is great as far as I'm concerned. Like there's it's a lot chabby. of, like, not if
4: you are a goth and you like to listen to music and dance, this is your year.
3: Hey, the performers yeah, list is fun. amazing. Yeah. So, uh, that was, that was pretty amazing. (laughs) And they did that like pretty quickly after the deadline for performers was over. Uh, they really, uh, yeah, they really announced that was pretty quick. So,
2: and I still think there's going to be more performers coming and everything. Oh
3: yeah. Oh sure. Sure. sure.
2: Sure. Yeah.
3: There's, there's, yeah. Keep keep watch on the official dragon con uh social media especially the facebook page because they're always announcing new people there um congratulations to everybody who's uh been accepted and been nominated to get in that's been it's a great i feel like an honor to be a guest this year um in particular uh because it's just a it's just a a weird year um but uh especially after last year which was sort of like Eh, we're going to try this out. Um, so I think this one is going to be uh, bigger um, and uh, hopefully better. So uh, not to, not that last year was bad. But anyway, thanks, Mike, for putting that together. And thanks for Jen and Darren for uh, reading it. We we appreciate Monkey, that.
2: before we go to break, um, we did get a little clarification on the Facebook group. Um, they say the con suite is not moving. But they did say there's no cooking in the suite, though, so they're going to have to bring the food over from other another suite. Awesome. They're okay. Super, yeah,
3: yeah. That's interesting. We'll, we'll try to get more details on all of that for the next show. So um, uh, we'll find out exactly what's going on with the con suite. I, I assume we're going to get
5: one of those R2D2s from Return of the Jedi exactly. with like back exactly. bar on it. That would yeah. be awesome. Like,
0: oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, hey, there already is a bar 2D2 that shows yes, up to con. We can, we can put that's food a on party.
2: it.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> all so right. The sushi, the sushi restaurant, we go, they bring the drinks by robot. So so
5: it's pretty yeah.
0: cool. Yeah, hey, so. we have one of those too. Yeah,
5: yeah, there's a there's a sushi restaurant in Seattle that has um it's a sushi train, unless you do a special order, and then an express train that looks like the bullet train comes straight to your table with just your order. Uh-huh. It is is delightful.
3: <laughs> so uh for those people listening uh to this podcast, we're going to take a quick break because Jen and Darren need to get their voices back.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Sir, there's Klingons on the starboard bow.
5: Starboard bow. Starboard bow. What are they doing there?
0: They seem to be waiting for the new episode of Earth Station Trek. Science,
5: what do we know about this Earth Station
4: Trek? It's a podcast that tracks through the history of Star Trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. Navigation, how would one find such a podcast? By setting coordinates for earthstationtrek.com Or by doing a sensor sweep of Spotify, iTunes, or any other quadrant where fine podcasts are available
0: Captain, what are we going to do about the Klingons?
4: We come in peace, Commander Weapon Station, shoot to kill Shoot, shoot to, to kill. kill Shoot to kill I was by lightning Walking down the street
2: I was hit by something like
3: And now we are back, and we're all uh, juiced up after uh, the playing the drinking game of guest announcements. Uh, so uh, we are here to talk about, well, we're here to talk to, to our good friend Brian, who we haven't talked to in a while. We'll talk about some DC TV things, but let's start with, with Brian's origin story in regard to Dragon Con.
5: Brian, oh, like what,
3: what, what was your first Dragon Con? <laughs>
5: 1998. Goodness gracious. Um, okay. I bought a ticket. And showed up for the convention because I knew a couple of people who were volunteering and told me about it. And they're like, yeah, we, we might, you know, we may need some volunteers. We'll let you know. Nobody ever let me know. So I just like showed up like a normal person and got a badge and didn't know you're supposed to call memberships back then. And then was like I was at the end of a panel, which was one of those um, just to age age me a bit. This was one of the um ain't It cool news panels oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that was um, <laughs> it was Bradbury Niven and it Bradbury Niven was the third old fart. I mean a distinguished author. Um, <laughs> um but anyway, it's the three of them and they're telling like stories was it, of Allison? Uh it might have been Allison. Um mm-hmm. it was cranky yeah, enough I think for Ellison right. to be there. I think they had to put Niven in between Bradbury and Ellison. Yeah, it's probably, stuff, yeah. Probably, apparently, the, butter, um, no. the, the West Coast <laughs> also West Coast problem. Um, and it, they told Niven told a story about how he he made nitroglycerin as a child, and he doesn't think the internet's going to ruin people. Bored teenagers will ruin themselves. Um, and then at the end of that panel, my friend Jody just sort of like grabs me by the collar, is like, "We really need your help." Um, um, cause it's like, we've got like six or seven people on tech ops. Now this is back when dragon con was like in like one hotel and part of the America's Mart. So it was only like 10,000 people. Uh, and they were running on six folks cause there was a staff problem. Uh, so I show up as tech ops volunteer number seven. Um, they found out I could run sound and camera because in college I did radio and founded a college TV station and learned how to edit on these things called tapes. <sighs> what? What is yeah that I, I know. Um just think product. of a tape as um sort of like a Disney Plus <laughs> episode that you can physically take somewhere um <laughs> but then you have to bring it back when you're done. Um and it's not compatible with iPhone at all.
3: You have to rewind uh, it too.
5: So like smash cut to me Um, crawling around on the ground during a Misfits concert because someone tripped over the lighting cable and all the power came from the stage because hum. And so when you disconnect the lighting control cable, all the lights go out. And I'm like trying to find it while all these like angry goths are like wondering why their band has stopped, you know, being visible. Um, And then running camera while Anthony Daniels parades around uh, hosting the masquerade. So (laughs) apparently I'm in now and they're like, oh, you're the guy who can run video cameras. Um, And so that turns into me like kind of stage directing parts of the masquerade and some of the other events and eventually figuring out that we had unused hotel channels that they just let us keep. And we ran the masquerade on it and nothing else. And so we experimented with like putting content on it. Like, you know, we were putting like running movies after midnight. And then we found out that's actually like the FBI tells us not to do that. So we should stop that. Oh. Uh, and then started running like fan films overnight. And then w- 2002, um, like Mike and uh, Kevin from MST three K were gonna be guests and host of the Masquerade. And a couple of my buddies were like, We have to make a video for them. Like, this is the MST three K guys. We gotta do something about it. So this was like Thursday night of the convention where like they bring their Mac in and we set it up in the balcony of a hotel and we like hastily render together this mashup of the Star Wars crawl and the MST three K intro, like panning down to the planet. And like I write some copy and we like get music and we go to the internet and the business center and download some images they might have been bmp's i don't know um and we make this video and it's really cool and then pat henry the head of dragon con goes that's fun what are you going to do next year
4: Ah. and i
5: realized that it's a trap and go right into it (laughs) they basically gave us like the 30 minutes before the masquerade just to kind of goof off and so the 2003, we did it like it was the, the 30 minutes before the movies, back before it was all taken over by Coca-Cola, when you have, like, these bad kind of sort of, like, four by three aspect ratio PowerPoint for, like, local realtors and, you know, like, the, the, the dentist that nobody goes to and the strip mall that nobody knows about, which is why he's got to take out an ad. And so all of our stuff was kind of themed around, like, these kind of, like, cheesy, um, like, local advertising, but in science fiction land. And we made three live-action commercials. Um, There was um, was a a community college for uh, stormtroopers. Uh, This is before, you know, all all the whole clone thing came out. (laughs) Um, uh, But, yeah, so we've got the college for stormtroopers. Um, So it's done like a DeVry-style commercial. Uh, Then we had Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's the uh, Starship sale from all the shows that got canceled at which point we had to recut that ad a couple of times because we had to take Firefly out and then put it back in. Put it back in, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
5: and then uh, Stormtroopers Gone Wild, which is like the first thing that anybody ever pitched in what were, was a writer's, the equivalent of a writer's room, which is three people on my couch in Loganville, Georgia. Um, and so once we did the live action stuff, we're like, okay, this is closer to what we think we ought to be doing. And so we, it was always like the 30 minutes before the masquerade. And then it sort of turned into, well, what if we did some stuff in between panels? Because the 2004 one, nobody actually saw the 2004 um, intro because we were in the Civic Center. And our, our um, like, we did this thing that was kind of like a news report slash daily show kind of thing. And it was, like, it was okay. Not my best work. But um, it's when I finally had a proper, like, studio in my basement And um, it it includes like our Princess Leia in our skit has like literally cinnamon buns on a hairband on her head because we thought that was the funniest thing, the funniest way to go with that. Not realizing that cinnamon buns melt under studio lighting. Um, (laughs) And so every time I see Kat, she's like, every time I smell cinnamon, I think of you. And she's not complimenting me. Um, (laughs) But we got bumped back for a radio play um that was like they were like oh yeah you have the first 30 minutes for the masquerade but also they're doing this radio play that put the audience to sleep so we ran the thing the next morning before the morning panels in Centennial 23 and it got a better reception than it did there because there were more people in the room um and we're like okay we should keep doing this kind of like weird kind of skit comedy and what we ended up doing was robot chicken with even less of a budget while robot chicken was kind of developing and we ended up ripping off the adult swim bumpers, which is kind of the easiest content we've ever done. And at the same time, I'm doing like the stupid comedy, keep entertained stuff. We're also adding hotels, literally adding infrastructure, like wiring the basements of the hotels a couple weeks before the show, because uh, you haven't been to Dragon Con. Um, there's five hotels and each one of them gives the convention at least one, sometimes two, um, of what they call dark channels, which dark channel sounds really cool. It's just the channels that you turn on at like the Sheraton and it's got all the restaurants on it. You're never going to go to that loop that you see in every hotel. That's a dark channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are spares that they have for future channels and they're like, yeah, you can take a couple. So these multi-million-dollar properties trust us with their bandwidth for four days, which is a mistake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also then started figuring out um, – we ran the masquerade all the time um, as a live event. And then we, f- we started hearing people were having room parties or mm-hmm. people were like, hey, there's only 2,000 people who get in the ballroom. There's eight – like uh, now 85,000 people at the convention. But back then, like twenty, thirty thousand. 30,000. Still, the math doesn't work out. And then we realized that's the same problem at every panel. So we figured out, okay, can we broadcast some of the stuff live? And so we turned into more of like a a program television network for a convention. Um, Had a studio, broke off into like a live team and a production team. Um, So there are people who run around the convention now for DragonCon that produce like segments on site. Because if something cool is happening in the basement and you don't know about it, they'll like go and shoot a segment for it. So something in science track or the kids track, or like the, the guys getting in armor and doing like full on, like full metal combat, like armor, period, swords, everything. They'll go make like a, you know, WWE wrestling style promo for that and run it on the channel. And they'll like, they'll shoot it on Friday and air at Friday night or shoot it on Friday night, air it Saturday morning. So they're doing like TV shaped things down there. Um, and so I ran that, plus did some on-camera stuff because I, I was produ- before we were doing more of like live broadcast kind of stuff. I was making um, DVDs, like we would actually sell convention highlights on DVD. So I was doing guest interviews for that, and then that turned into what Crispy does now with a lot of the guest interviews, or had been doing in the past. Um, we didn't do interviews last year because the confined space with the guest was right. potentially problematic from a health standpoint. But you know, so I've got an interview like you know maybe like a hundred guests up to you know, the point where I decided to hand the whole ball of wax over because at the, the end of the time, you know, when I, 2017, I was managing 45 volunteers or like three staffs under videography because it's, it's such a big show and you're doing something like the, the crew runs about an 18 hour day. Um, and then there's, there's six out. Yeah. There's like 18 hours of essentially live. Like somebody has to be pushing a button to make the show run for, you know, like the Thursday to Monday. Um, And then you've also got a, um, you know, a behind the scenes element. You have to have a camera person and some assistance in every one of the major ballrooms that are running something. You have to do some editing. You have to do file format changes because video, you know, you're doing video. Now you're going to find that the video comes off of one device is not necessarily the right video for the other device. And so if you want that to play, you've got to do some, got to do some work on it. Good luck with all the video editing. Um, it's a new realm for podcasters. <laughs> Buy some hard drives. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and, and, and then they started wanting to do live streaming. And there's a certain point where I was doing so much stuff in front of the camera for all of like the shows and the interviews that being in front and behind the camera like, is tough to do in a real time environment. And because of the, the skills that come up, like everybody now that comes in, we have people that are literally like when they leave Dragon Con, they're a PA on a Marvel film they you know, we've had people who were like correspondents for the Weather Channel. We had a Screen Rant producer. Um, you know, we've people know their stuff and know the current tech better than I do, because, again, I learned on tapes. Um, so, you know, we handed it off to them and like Robin and Sam and Mauricio, that crew is running great. They were the ones who ran 2020 virtual um, because 2020, I think, went off so well for us doing mm. a remote convention because we had been doing streaming for three years at that point. Mm-hmm. And we had been doing so much pre-production that there was already an established crew of people who knew how to do stream yards. They knew how to do live. Um, they could set up lighting in their house. Like, I've got a, you know, right over here, there's green screen that just pulls down over my um, my office door. Um, and also, in 2019, I moved across the country uh, for work. And I, I moved in the middle of 2019 to so be closer to the office. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that work out for you, dude? <laughs> great. And it turns out I like Oregon, but also weird. Um, Magic. Eight balls. <laughs> uh, got a new That's boss great. in 2021. Still haven't met him. Um, <laughs> so, but like I did, I did the late show from three feet to my left. Um, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday of the 2020 convention, uh, which meant I got up at I was on camera at six in the morning, not nine, because time zones exist. Um, but yeah, that, that whole team was so good at like this kind of distributed production model that we had worked on for God. It's been 20 years now since we started Dragon Con TV from like three idiots in a balcony making something on an old Mac to like literally, you know, like a bigger production team than, you know, some TV, like professional TV stations have for that four or five days. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's been a, it's been a shift. I, yeah.
3: Uh, to say, I mean, it's been growing big time. Um we did get one comment. Uh DC TV is brilliant. It's like the Disney resort, but ridiculously more nerdy. Well done. Well, thank you. Um, uh, and I have to concur. I mean, I've been going since it's weird. I was going I've been going to Dragon Con since ninety-four. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say that it feels like you've been there all the time. Like when you said that your yeah. first one was ninety-eight, I was like, wow, that was four years mm-hmm. like difference from when I started going. But yet I it's difficult for me to imagine. Dragon Con and I was there for it without yeah. the bumpers, without Dragon, without DC TV, without the the videos playing in between. Well because you know, while you're waiting for a panel to start, and they mm-hmm. very rarely start on time, um, you know, the crowd likes to do things. And yeah. uh I mean you guys provided a lot of entertainment so people didn't feel like they were waiting.
5: Yeah. And that's, uh, we found these kind of weird things like before we had the bumps and everything running beforehand, when I'm, when I'm in the ballrooms, um, there would be, I have this thing called the room setup speech and the room clearing speech, because we realized that when the people who were doing like safety or security were, were doing people management, they're just trying to get people in the doors and then people walk into a room and they're like, okay, there's a bunch of seats. We're running behind schedule. Somebody's very insistent. I sit down somewhere, Mm -hmm. um, but then you end up with like the suboptimal like seating arrangement, um, you know, or as we old people who use spinning hard disk call it defragmentation. Um, so I would like I I would be at the board doing sound or getting prepped to do video in the room for one of these big events, and I'm like, uh, somebody give me a mic, and I'm literally like up there, like, all right, everybody, if you would just move, like, just come into the row, move move over, have everybody you know sit next to them, make sure you 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 get fill in all the seats. There's one one seat over there, so I've got all these like kind of prepped like room setup speeches that just came from like, ah, well, we got to live this room in 10 minutes and we're like a thousand people short. Okay. Let's pick up the pace. And then that kind of, we, we worked with safety to turn that into like a system where mm-hmm. you didn't have to have somebody up on, you know, somebody from the tech crew is comfortable talking on a mic to 2000 strangers um, and doing it in a way that's, that's friendly and not like barking at them. Cause if you've been standing outside in a line for two hours to see John Berriman, and then somebody in a black t-shirt is yelling at you, to like sit down for 10 minutes and you, you have like evaporated half of your body moisture um, and don't have a still suit. Then, you know, having somebody who has the best intentions kind of crankily getting you to sit down is not the best way to handle your, your, your paying friends. Um, And so kind of, we figured out that we were infrastructure, we're traffic control, we're handicap accessibility. Um, People who um, decide that they're going to have a little, the, too many people. They need a timeout, but they don't want to miss the convention. Uh, people who wheelchairs are difficult to use at DragonCon, um, which is weird because these are future cyborgs, and you should be nice to them. Um, <laughs> why are you being mean to these people? There, this is like Davros Beta Version One. Like, be nice to. So this kind of this kind of mentality <laughs> is ki- kind of reflects the way the bumpers work. It kind of re- reflects the way. That the whole streaming setup works, the, the live captioning they started doing, the fact we include more ASL interpreters, everything the crew has done since 2017 is kind of just amped up everything that we, we had as like a fundamental principle of like, oh, we're a little bit more than entertainment and we have to take some of the stupid seriously. We have to take some of the funny seriously. Um, I think Stephen Grenade was one of the guys who wrote for the, the bumpers for a while, who's also now the, the science track director. Mm -hmm. Um. Actually, came up with the, there's a there's somewhere in the backlog is a philosophical document of the voice of the bumper, the way the bumper should speak and behave. Huh. Um, the bumper is not a psychotic rambling person. The bumper is not the voice of God. The bumper has this kind of like calm resolve that is occasionally ridiculous, but the bumper can say things a human cannot into a microphone without sounding like a jerk. Um, so there's this entire like we have the all the writing room now is just Discord. Um and we have conversations on Discord about like, is this joke right? Is this joke appropriate? Have we done this joke before and just forgot about it? Um, did we do it before and it was a bad idea and we can tweak it? So, or you know, are we reflecting like googly eyes? An entire conversation about how we represent googly eyes. <laughs> if <Like, laughs> <laughs> we're too lazy fair to about googly eyes, then you end up with the Hyatt elevators worse than they normally are. Um, (laughs) That's true. uh, And like, we don't don't want to encourage vandalism of the hotel. The googly eye thing is funny though. So where's the balance in that? Mm -hmm. Um, And now everything everywhere all once came out. We have to revisit all of our googly eye jokes again, because that added another level to it. Um, So there, there's a, there's an entirely, essentially like a philosophy behind the operation that because the people that volunteered with me years ago sort of set up a framework it's easy to roll people into the framework and then have them figure out, oh, this is the way we operate and then figure out how do we make that broader? Is it streaming? Is it, you know, do we fix the captioning system? You know, what is it that makes it still DragonCon TV, but keeps it moving forward a little bit? Um, So it's, it's in good hands, but it's weird that, you know, you were talking about somebody was talking about Disney earlier. We run one of the biggest theme parks in the state of Georgia. We just only do it for four days. Well, and, and um, it's, it's, it's a weird way to think about the volunteer gig. It is,
3: but it's also, I think, a prime example that I like to use for the fact that what makes Dragon Con different than other cons, the fact that it's by fans for the fans in mm-hmm. the fact that almost any other show I can think of, certainly ones that are larger or not even as large as Dragon Con would instantly use this to sell
5: things. Yeah, yeah, and, we, and, uh, oh God, that, we, get, we get ad submissions all the time. And I was going like, nah, to say, do
3: certainly that. that conversation had to take place at some point, <laughs> right?
5: Yeah, we used to run book trailers for a hot minute. And then we're like, hey, a, a lot of book trailers are really bad. Sorry, guys. Um, are <laughs> just true. weird flash animations. And, and then the second part was like, we're not, you know, we, we actually, like things like shout outs, everything from shout outs to tribute videos to promoting my party. We're like, now we can't do that. Like, it's it's a way to pipe the convention, to get the convention to more eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some, before it was the eyeballs that are at the convention. Like, how do we maximize DragonCon for the people that are at DragonCon? And then at some point, they realize that you can't really constrain anything these days to just the bubble that it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting, you know, figuring out how the, how can the streaming service go outside of the convention's physical space without diminishing what the convention is. Um, because the, the convention is a, you know, it's like Cirque du Soleil comes up a lot. Cirque du Soleil, if you ever watch Cirque du Soleil live versus on a DVD or off of like a, one of their YouTube broadcasts they did during lockdown, it is not the same experience. No. You are seeing the same act, but you're not getting the immersion. You can see like the camera can only focus on one thing at one time. Right. And so seeing like, I've, I've seen several search shows on, on video and in person and I'm like, oh, the thing I watched on video is an entirely different show. Like, and, and the same thing with Dragon Con, like there is no replacement for coming to the convention, but there's, it's not practical to see all of it. It's darn near impossible. Um, like I, even like stage directing the masquerade, I've watched the entire masquerade as the person pushing the button, switching the cameras and then taken off the headset and asked who won. Like, I'm wow. so focused on what's going on on the screen that I'm not getting the entire picture of, of the convention.
2: Right. Um,
5: right. And so there, there's no way that, like, as good as DragonCon TV is and as, as dedicated as that crew is to continuing what, like, a bunch of volunteers did perform, we all know it doesn't replace the experience of actually being in the room it just kind of gives people enough of it to kind of carry them through or make sure they're not missing some part of it. They can't physically be at it. And I,
3: and I think the biggest example of that was, you know, during the pandemic 2020, because that's all we had. Mm -hmm. That's all we could have was the video part of, uh, during. And so at that point, at that point, DC TV was like our, like our only, our only option for a convention, um, which I think also added to the, what, the inevitable, which is that all conventions probably, um, certainly Dragon Con is no exception, is going to be part virtual from now on.
5: Yeah. Yeah. We're I, the thing is, the weird thing is about Dragon Con and Dragon Con TV is that it mirrors my personal job because I've worked in tech since 1996, not counting my, my college summer jobs. And um, I've gone from a firmware programmer like press delete to enter setup. That was me when I got out of college. Um, it's because I did speech recognition. Speech recognition in the '90s sucked. That's an entirely different story. I've actually told that on stage a couple times at DragonCon, um, including once at uh, Sol4X. Um, so that's on video somewhere. Um, but like I, w- but I worked in firmware, and firmware is basically like low-level infrastructure. But I went from like writing the code, and for you nerds out there, literally some of it's in assembly, all the way down to like, okay, I'm the person that. Um, I'm the person that like is now going along with the salesperson for this firmware company and explaining to the other nerd across the table, how we can solve their problem. So I became what they call a technical marketing engineer. Um, so I I'm basically like a binary to English translator. And then I got more into like actually like producing stuff for, you know, for companies and now for like Intel, like I do this for Intel. I help plan a lot of their security conferences. What's going to be there? Are I coach speakers? You know, I am still have one foot in the technical aspects, but one foot in the, like, outside persona. And that's the same thing I did for the convention. Uh, and everybody in, in both of those spaces is trying to figure out how to do this kind of hybrid thing. Because if you do a, a pro convention, um, you know, you have, like, DragonCon is just this, like, it's, it's a shopping mall style um, engagement with science fiction. If you want to spend all day in Sephora, cool. If you want to go get a little sampler pack and then go to the food court, great, you can do those. Uh, that analogy breaks down because now I have to explain Dragon Con and shopping malls to anybody under the age. And,
2: yeah.
5: and um, Sephora, you have like, to explain uh, Sephora. Shopping mall is TLD. the thing you see on Stranger Things that has an ice cream store in it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and the funny thing is they actually filmed that in, in Georgia. They filmed those mall scenes at Gwinnett place mall, which means they filmed an eighties mall in a dead mall. Mm -hmm. Um, so eh, that's a little too close to home. (laughs) Um, but that idea of like how at a regular convention, you have like the panels, you know, what, what is essentially the tracks. And then you have this sort of trade show where you sell things. And if you're not in the convention space, um, you're going to see all. You want to see the presentations, and then you've got no reason to go through the physical floor, like the physical area where all the vendors are, um, which are the people actually paying for the damn show. So that whole idea of like, how do you get people to engage virtually and get a similar engagement model if they're not in the room? They still want the experience of the thing everybody goes to a professional convention for networking. So what's the what's the equivalent of that in sci-fi, or what's the equivalent of that for like a fan convention? And that's the thing I think DragonCon really did great in 2020 was that Discord server. That Discord server, you you had people hooked on it early. They gamified it. The idea that you had to, like, find the icon for your registration, and then you unlocked registration, and that opened the hotels. And then you picked, oh, I want to go to the Science Track. That's in the Hilton. And you had to go check into the Hilton, and that unlocked the Hilton, right? Yeah. There, there was a reason to go into it outside of, you know, the main... Kind of oh, I'm gonna go watch panel on Discord. No, you're gonna you're gonna watch panels over here, you're gonna talk about this with your friends and you're gonna get hyped about it months before convention. And I think anybody who's doing this kind of hybrid model, like that's the thing I think DragonCon like absolutely hundred percent killed. And that Discord server is still active. Like mm-hmm. since that opened up the summer of twenty twenty, it has not stopped. You know. Just twenty four seven, somebody's on there posting something. It's even grown which even, Which is, is ridiculous. I think
1: the yeah, I think the I think the uh, virtual vendors hall that they did was really good too. Yeah. I thought that was really well
5: done. Yeah. And they they gave um, a lot of air cover to them and like made sure people knew how to Thing I've done since DC TV started it
1: is every year I buy the streaming membership.
5: Mm-hmm. Mhm. Kim's breaking up. A I note. buy the yeah. streaming membership
1: mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. like being able to watch things I didn't get to go to after time. Yeah,
5: yeah the, the streaming catalog has gotten a lot better with the sorting. And that's been one of the, the things that,
2: Sorry. you know, I'm really
5: glad like a lot of the ephemera of the convention used to be. was a DVD, and the DVD has a constraint of like two hours, four hours. Mm-hmm. And what am I going to pick from just the main track programming that is going to get me the experience? And the question is, you're not. You know, like it's just really not gonna be like any kind of equivalent for that. And so the streaming of like going just, just the way every other platform is, the way YouTube is on the back end, right? Um you know, I think they've they've gotten that that engine down really, really well. Um but yeah, the the designing around streaming has been entertaining. Um <laughs> The Duck Dodgers thing was oh god, oh, that, that, was, uh, that was
1: brilliant.
5: That was brilliant. You have to you have to tell that story. Okay, so one of the things when you're involved in the broadcast arm of DragonCon is you are you become the keeper of the tradition tradition and you end up being the person who plays Duck Dodgers. Um, and I found out of I, I found out of it the hard way because when I came in, I was there was no DragonCon TV, there was no videography department, and so I'm just a person at the board, and they're like, oh, this guy's going to show up with all the videotapes. And we're like, okay. And there was a video guy. He just sort of appeared. Um, <laughs> you're like, you don't know how to contact the video guy. Was it a pager? Uh, was it an email, <laughs> like a hotmail address? How do you find the, the, is he in a dumpster? And they just like, you know, once a year, you put some salt on the ground and summon him. And he, appeared. <laughs> the answer like, he is showed yes, up and he we weird like short films <laughs> and like one-off videos. And then he played Duck Dodgers. And so I'm just standing there, 1998 at the camera, you know, like a newbie waiting for Anthony Daniels to like put down his beer and stop talking. And all of a sudden they start playing duck Dodgers and everybody starts like Rocky Horroring duck Dodgers. Mm -hmm. And like, they know all the lines and I'm like, this is amazing. I love this. (laughs) Like how did, and I'm on the middle of the platform. Like, is there going to be a riot? Am I safe? Like I'm only (laughs) two feet off the ground. Is this good or bad? I have the high ground, but maybe not an advantage. So, Then I realized, like, once I start showrunning the masquerade from the technical direction standpoint, I got to have the magic videotape. And I didn't keep my own copy. I'm just like, they'll have it. And then there was the one year they showed up. You know, there's a sequel to Duck Dodgers.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not really that good. Yeah. No. No, I found out. I put it in the VHS player in front of 2,000 people. And (laughs) (laughs) I didn't go well. And so I'm like, <laughs> all right guys, we, we got to solve this. And so Jonathan Deitch, who's one of the people who was with Tech Ops early on, was when we're getting like, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays being the thing, became the guy with the like he went back and like he's he's a video format aficionado. So he like found the best available copy on DVD of Duck Dodgers and then upgraded it when the Blu-ray came out. And so he always keeps a good copy. Because um, I did have the one year also where I leaned over and accidentally bumped a button and ejected the DVD tray in the middle of it playing. And you just got the, the, the blue oh. Sony screen with the little play icon. Oh, okay. And 2,000 people just looked at me and I'm like, push the tray back in. <laughs> <down." laughs> <And the> place <laughs> from <laughs> where it was and just like disappear into the sound counter for a minute. Five <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm my nerds. I don't know if those foam swords hurt and I don't want to find out. They do. So, they so do. 2020 rolls around and we're on the Discord server talking and, and Crispy pops up in a in a side message and he goes, hey, I just thought of something. I'm like, yeah. He's like, Duck Dodgers. I'm like, oh, no, we can't actually play Warner Brothers licensed content on the stream. We will get shut down. And the reason this came up was this was like June, July. Um, Comic-Con had done their virtual convention and they had. And the way Comic-Con did their virtual convention is very more corporate you know, convention sort of thing. They get the production company to produce their panel. So they get whatever Paramount's version of StreamYard is, like, you know, like this, but shinier and more expensive. <laughs> and they get all the famous Star Trek people on. And so they get everyone from Discovery to come on. And they do a live table read of one of the Discovery scripts. All the actors are on. They've got, like... You know, and it's like 14 people in the scene because this is like one of the big season two things. So Pike is there and Burnham's there. And like they're all going back and forth. Um, and they're showing these production drawings that you've never seen from Star Trek uh, Discovery season two. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then they're playing the cool like Paramount, you know, the, all the Star Trek music in the background, which is what got the stream shut down. Because they didn't do it on the Paramount stream. They did it on the Comic-Con stream. And the YouTube robot went, you're not Paramount. Thump and shut down comic Con stream in the middle of one of their biggest panels. Wow. And we all went, oh, no, that's (laughs) going to happen to us, and (laughs) that's bad. Um, I mean, I live up on a hill now in Oregon, so I'm fortified position, so I would have been fine, but my friends (laughs) would have been trampled. I'm Um, getting the sense that the 20 years working at DragonCon has led to some paranoia, Brian. um, I like to think of it as preparedness for multiple scenarios. Ah, there Um, we go. Okay. I, I once told a video, I, I was doing a side gig in video production. I was coaching some high school students on live production and I pull out this toolbox full of adapters and they're like, do you need all of these? And I'm like, if I ever use everything in this box, something has gone horribly, terribly wrong. Um, <laughs> like, don't You don't wait for the kitchen to catch fire, to go on Grubhub and go fire extinguisher. Like it's, <laughs> you prepare for some scenarios you don't like. So we're looking at this, like, how do we, how do we do this? Uh, and we're like, so we quibby this. So um, at the time, there was this new video service called Quibi. Mm-hmm. Quibi is now a measure of time. I think a Quibi is what, like six <laughs> months? Um, yeah. So a Quibi is more than the Scaramucci for those of you playing along at home with arbitrary ah. uh, measurements from the, the late um, or early 21st century. So Quibi had done a version of The Princess Bride in lockdown where they basically just got famous people to record short scenes from the princess bride and string it together into what they call a sweeted movie. Um, uh, Be kind. Rewind is an example of sweded movies. It's the Swedish version of the movie. It's just a cheap recreation because they couldn't get the real thing. So we're like, great. We know some famous people. Um, We're going to take the script, break it up into scenes and give each one of the dragon con guests a scene. And then we'll stitch it together and make our own quibi type of thing. I say, like, it's just going to be a thing I can put together in a weekend. And so I do what I do with every project. I make a spreadsheet and I break down all the scenes in Duck Dodgers. And this is where I realized my mistake. There's like, I, need, I, I, I made a blog post about this a while back and that's a long spreadsheet. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a lot of scenes. So I group them into things and then we we farm it out to people and they send me stuff. And that was so much fun to work on. Um, because it's just, all I did is I give them a direction of like, okay, I'm going to film the first scene myself. And then this gives you the kind of look at what we're going for. Here's the video format you have to give me, you know, the video's not like this, video's like this. Um, and then, you know, you've got this time, just don't do any licensed music. Don't do anything that Warner Brothers is really going to get mad about. Don't go too far from the script. And so that's how we get Bob and Carl dressed up in their little tiny costumes with the ray gun, um, and the little like disintegration vest on a stick, which is probably one of my favorite gags. Uh, Kirk Thatcher, who did the Dr. IQ high, the second segment, Kirk Thatcher's is the guy who directed, um, um, the Muppet Halloween special on Disney. Yeah, the, mansion. Yeah, the, Muppet on the bus in Star Trek for the one with the whales. Guy's amazing. Yeah. A part he reprised on Picard season two. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirk is so much fun. Um, And Kirk actually pinged me. He was like, I haven't gotten my hands dirty on a puppet gig in a while. And then of course, the next thing he announces is he's doing like a Muppet special for, you know, Disney plus. So I don't know if I helped, but you're welcome, Disney. I would like some, some more Mandalorian, please. (laughs) Um, And, and the thing is we didn't, we told a very small number of people we were doing this. Um, And we just sort of let people ride on like, we have something planned. We have something planned. We have something planned. And we're like, this could be great. This could be bad. Fortified Hill. I don't care too much, but let's see how it goes. Um, and watching everybody in Discord just kind of lose their collective minds over it was was the best part because everybody's realizing as we get to the halftime break of the masquerade that we can't actually run the real thing. And they're mm-hmm. starting to freak out a little bit. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh no. Oh, this is <laughs> this is so much fun. And then they're all spotting their friends because we had people, we did a casting call for people doing the catchphrase yell. And then we would just stack them on top of each other. So the first time it's two or three, and then the next time, and then finally, it's just like a full video wall full of people. Nice. Um, so that, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, I think I had that done a couple days in advance, but I cut it kind of close, which is sort of <laughs> Dragon Con tradition. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> we sometimes get our best ideas in mid-August. Um, <laughs> just, just like, just,
3: just like customers, right?
5: That's, that's the, the Mad, adrenaline working. Yeah. The, the Mad Max Peachtree road bit that we did a couple years ago, <coughs> we, sh- we, sh- we, k- we wrote that on like August 15th and I'm like, we'll just do, we'll just do the trailer. And then I broke the trailer down and the trailer is 93 shots <laughs> in two and a half minutes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: So I did cuts. that to myself. <laughs> That's uh, that's amazing. Do we have any questions, comments for Brian?
2: Um, there was just a couple different things here that um, you know, 2014 <laughs> tech yeah. ops ran out of video <laughs> connectors.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure some, of right there, there, <laughs> some of my personal connectors are still in the basement of the Sheridan. Um, sure.
2: <laughs> wow. I think the first time we talked to you, you were actually in the process of helping them put fiber optics over to the West End.
5: Yeah. yeah. So we so back when Dragon Hunt was a hotel. Cool. And then they added the Marriott. And we're like, cool, the Marriott. And they're like, hey, we want to be able to broadcast the Masquerade in the Marriott. We weren't doing the full DragonCon TV thing. And I'm like, well, how do we – it's across the street. How do we do that? And they're like, oh, we have a microwave link. So microwave link is a point-to-point analog broadcast technology. And by technology, I mean like 1950s technology. <laughs> it was in color, so that was nice. But you have to have line of sight. Um, now, wow. if you don't know about Atlanta, so it's, it's in like the field. Field. Um, so the lobby of the Marriott and the lobby of the Hyatt are not at the same level. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is from the it was just the masquerade. So from the balcony of the Hyatt um, uh, Centennial Ballroom, you ran a cable out to the roof of the building that's above the pool deck and you set it up on a tripod that's about three feet high. And you point it into the second floor of the Marriott. And then you run cable down the stairwell to behind the bellhop desk where their video setup is. Wow. And in the middle of rebroadcast in 2004, there was a thunderstorm. Of course. And it blew over. And there were only two people that could go on the roof to do it. I was one of them. And the other one um, was my friend John. And we had to sign waivers. Because we're on the roof of the hotel. And John's like, yeah. So I went out in the middle of a thunderstorm and I'm like, stop right there. We're we're never doing this again. (laughs) The guys at the rental company called it the nut roaster because it's on a, it's 50s technology and it's on a tripod about three feet high. You can't see my hands because that's where the tripod was. And you adjusted it standing in front of it and looking down at the, the dial to get the signal strength. And you did it kind of like Don Cheadle in oceans 11 where he's like (laughs) behind the van
2: and with crossing
5: his magnetic idea. pulse, you know, <laughs> like, so I'm like, we're not, we're never doing this again. And so I basically went to the head of like, you know, like the MMI, the company that does all the rental and the tech and the programming directors. And I said, no, we can't put volunteers on the roof. That's stupid. Um, and the video quality sucks anyway. And it's unreliable because mm-hmm. this kind of thing happens. And so the next year, they're like, good news. Um, when they did the Olympics in 1996, they wired the entirety of, of uh, Atlanta with fiber optics so they could do all the broadcasts. And then the Olympics moved out and fiber optics is kind of like and Dots, the ice cream of the future um, where like, it was always going to be the tech of the future every next year. And they were just like, well, there's all this, you know, dead fiber. And finally a company bought it all up and made a network out of it. You can just lease time on it. So like, we're going to lease time on the fiber network and put these little boxes in all the different hotels. So now, um, Dragon Con, and it was analog at first, and then it went to high definition. Um, and at that point, you ended up with like this thing where you can just be in the basement of the Hyatt, plug a cable in, and then the other four hotels magically get the same signal, and you find various ways to connect it to their systems, most of which are like old-ass analog. Um, like the Marriott, the last time I did the basement wire, the Marriott was the only one that could do actual digital TV. So DragonCon TV is like 720p when it goes out to the Internet. But it's 480p in four out of the five hotels. Wow. Because they just haven't, you know, the, the, maybe they upgraded during the pandemic because they were empty and they could do it. But um, hotel TV systems are some scary. That's why we have so many video connectors we've run out of because we've got a bridge to like, a, like we've got boxes that'll convert any signal to any other kind of signal. It's I still have to know things about. I didn't know things about analog to, to do the. The, the, do the streaming service because we had to figure out how to bridge things in. It was
2: mm-hmm. awesome. yeah. horrifying. I was always frustrated. <laughs> I was always frustrated the last couple of years because I don't stay at any of the host hotels. I stay at the mm-hmm. Ritz Carlton, mm-hmm. and they have Dragon Con TV classics, and you know, and it's just which
5: like- is legit a Raspberry Pi. With oh, yeah. an SD card full of videos on a loop. <laughs> and they just wow. let us plug it in. And, and we have to buy the old ones, the twos, that have the analog video connector. Sweet. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because it, the, the Ritz-Carlton at the time was still analog. And so you have to get the one with the weird Zune cable and the headphone jack. Um, We literally bought a bunch of Zune cables when the Zune got discontinued. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Zune is then, longer and then than... And somebody in year. the comments has mentioned rewiring. Every couple of years, they... Um, they change the hotel layouts and don't tell anybody till you show up on site. And <laughs> of you're course. Like, I got all the gear and they're like, yeah, we're going to the roof. We're like, what? Yeah. We moved everything in the Hilton from the basement to the roof so we could do direct TV. So you've got to go 65 okay. floors up into this like wooden cabinet with a construction door on it. And then like get behind a rack and don't worry. We ran like a cable. They ran this single piece of, I don't know how expensive cable from the roof of the Hilton to the basement because of Dragon Con TV. It's a wow. single piece of cable that goes from the top of the skyscraper to the bottom. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like. But yeah, the, the Sheridan, <laughs> they're talking about the Sheridan, they moved like the stuff from the Sheridan around. And so you get there and you're like, I got two days to figure out how to do undo whatever this is, mm-hmm. um, and and make the TV work. Because they don't the hotel engineer's like, oh, yeah, yeah. we heard you were coming anyway. This is the new thing. And we're like, oh, God, where's Larry? Oh, Larry retired anyway. We don't know what happened to the old stuff, but Larry's gone. And we're like, oh, Larry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually, here's a good question from uh, one of our users. Um, how does one get involved with content on DragonCon?
5: That TV. is a great question. So, um, I'm going to check to see if they actually did a new submission form this year, but normally every year there's a submission form somewhere um, on one of the sites. There is one on, on
3: DCT on DragonCon DragonConTV. DragonCon.TV is yeah. the submission, and uh, has to be completed by August 1st.
5: Yeah. So, it's DragonConTV, DragonCon.TV slash pages slash submissions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And get it in by August 1st because what a lot of times what will happen is um, there are some basics on, like, there's a whole – they wrote a whole guideline for it uh, on the site, and it's it's quite good. Um, some of it is formatting. Some of it is philosophy. Right. Um, the general thing when you submit to DragonCon TV is you've got, like, a couple different categories. The stuff that most people the, – the stuff that most people want to see is, like, the shorts, right, like the short little bits. Um so if you're doing like a fan film or a music video that's going to run on the channel, but not in between a panel, that can't be any longer than ten minutes.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, we do like I'm I'm surprised anybody's been watching this broadcast this long. We do not have that kind of attention span. We live in a TikTok world now, so um, so you know ten minutes is really kind of pushing it for those. Um, the stuff that runs in between the panels, we really want it to be under two minutes because um, we've watched attention span. We've, we've like seriously watched people's attention span and stuff I produce. That's longer than two. I'm like, yeah, people, this is where people lose it. And, you know, you hate cutting jokes, but you know, if you want people to actually like latch into it, it's a thing you have to think about. Like, why is an infomercial? No, not really any longer than two minutes when people Mm -hmm. buy out that airtime. Um, You know, so you can, you can make a good comedic punch in 20 seconds if you have to. Um, Some of our best jokes are like 15 to 20 seconds. Um, and then some of them are two minutes with 15 seconds of material spread across the two minutes, like a thin layer of peanut butter at the end of the jar. Um, <laughs> so, like, you you can get that, that in. Um, and then the August 1st feels like it's close, but w- it gives us time to, like, give feedback and tune stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had people show up on the day with, like, a tape or a USB drive, can you play this? And we're <laughs> like... No, we don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, well,
2: I thought it was crazy. The one year we were sitting in one of the big ballrooms, and all of a sudden, they were showing Dragon Con TV, and Darren, my tour video, uh, came up. Dra- came up on Dragon Con. I was TV. like, oh
4: my god. I'm it's on like, TV. What the hell? Like, what are we doing? How did that happen? What, what the hell? They know about us, Mike. They know about us. They're coming again. Speaking of paranoia. What? <laughs> when, when I get to the con, the first thing me and my friends do, we go we go to registration, get our badges, we go grab some sushi, we come back to the room, we're chilling out, we're unpacking, and DCTV is on.
5: Yeah, the I.
4: It, it's I the best way, to, like, get into that mind space, and we are now at the con.
5: So we. We used to get comments from people like on a Wednesday, people were calling down the hotel <laughs> desk going like, hey, where is it? And we're like, I'm packing the truck. <laughs> like, <laughs> so we started going like a week early and doing all the tests, like getting all the stuff planted into the basements. And then we would leave up a test reel. And before it was like a two hour DVD loop. And then we got complaints that they were showing the tape, like they would call the hotel, hotel desk and go, hey, can tell the DragonCon people that they're like playing the same stuff over and over again? And then I'd get like stuff on Twitter. They'd be on Twitter like, hey, what are you going to run more videos? This is just last year's crap. And I'm like, I'm, I'm in my pajamas. Like, <laughs> I haven't even, like, gotten coffee and it's Tuesday. <laughs> like, I still have to do my job and then I go to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, so, so we've, we've actually Portland, started, like, dude, leaving, like, on. full, like, programmed <laughs> stuff down there. So, wow. so they, like, let everybody who gets in early um, have a little bit of that fix um, and feel, you know, get them kind of warmed up to, to mm-hmm. being at the con. Um,
3: one last question for you regarding, um, volunteering for, uh, tech ops in particular, mm-hmm. is there, I mean, I would imagine there's some sort of requirements made, but I would imagine it's also for those people who want to get experience. It's It sounds like mm-hmm. a great opportunity.
5: Yeah. Um, so to smaller learn more crews, like, you know, DragonCon TV, um, or like there are crews that, that require specialized skills. So like, if you want to be an ASL interpreter, you can't just randomly show up. <laughs> um, like they look for certifications, you know, medics, the same kind of thing. Um, DragonCon TV has some positions that are like fairly specialized, and they have some areas where, like, if you have some skill, it's a great place to learn. Um, and the places where, um, the places where you get um, the best exposure to kind of the broad area of the convention, really, are tech ops and safety. Uh, and tech ops runs sound schools, so uh, they've got their own Facebook group. Right. Um, they're pretty actively recruiting this year, but they will like set up all the sound gear in a warehouse outside, uh, closer to Conyers, um, a company called MMI. And they'll just basically set everything up in the warehouse and they'll walk you through how soundboard works. They'll walk you through mic setups. They'll walk you you through like the different type of problems you run into. This is the setup for a track room. This is the setup for a medium sized ballroom. This is the board, the exact board we're going to put in Centennial two, three. Uh, and then depending on your skill level, Um, there's, um, there's a lot of different jobs you can do. And in some cases, tech ops, the job you might end up doing is like running radios or, um, you know, being, which is what they call a runner. Um, um, you know, so you can like, at least get the lay of the land and figure out like, okay, I have to know what the difference between an XLR and a quarter inch just to get the right cable to the right person. Um, and there's. If there's a job where you want to sit in a room and just push buttons for eight hours a day, cool. They can hook you up with that. If you want to wander and see the whole whole hotel, somebody's got something for that. Um, but there's like art shows, a good one. Um, there are jobs where it's just like you unload Tuesday and Wednesday and you pack up Monday and Tuesday and you technically are still a con volunteer. So you get the entire as long as you can do the heavy lifting and you don't mind showing up a little earlier, staying a little late, mm-hmm. you know you can do some of the like store setup or store teardown or art show management. Right. Uh, so there's a ton of different Vinders opportunities. Hall does that.
1: Vendors hall does that. They have yeah. they start
5: like on Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's different ways to to support it, and mm-hmm. honestly, um, I you know not everybody has to volunteer some people have volunteered and decided like, you know what? I like to go to the show and showing up, you know, buying the membership, showing up supports dragon con, you know, it's a different way than, you know, you know, put hanging an eyeball in your barn and, and dressing up in a stupid Cape and driving up to your barn in a lawnmower, pretending to be a duck. Um, that's one way you can support the show. Um, but like being at the convention is still supporting the convention. Um, so if you don't like, if you want to volunteer, cool, if you don't cool. Just come have fun and don't be a jerk. That's that's well said. (laughs) Don't don't be a
4: jerk, please.
5: (laughs) Yeah, that's
3: that's pretty good advice. Well, um, very cool. It's been amazing having you join us uh, this month on The Report. We appreciate it a lot. Um, but uh, I think it's time, guys. We've already lost Jen. Uh, unfortunately, oh, no. the the, the, like pain, the, the wow. power went the power went out uh, where that, she lives. That so. Texas
4: electrical grid so, is holding oh, no. up. They, they? they need some. They need tech <laughs> ops.
3: They need tech ops for is, That's for
5: sure. Yeah. Um, How many so. extension cords do we need to? Re-? Never mind. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: How much <laughs>
3: long ones
5: but
2: not
3: that
4: they, long they would not survive through mississippi those things would be grabbed and all <laughs>
3: that's true oh, yeah. so <laughs> true um so yeah we're going to draw a close to this the sixth episode of the 2020 2022 dragon con report uh brian thanks again for joining us uh for those people who want to know what you're up to is there anything you want to plug
5: um, I'm Silicon Chef on, um, Twitter and YouTube, and I've got profiles on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, I, I moved out to Oregon three years ago. We already said that, uh, I am doing a, an on again, off again, home improvement series called Nerdsteading on YouTube on my okay. channel, uh, Silicon Chef. And I bought six acres with a, um, an extremely, uh, patchy barn, uh, and have been, and my pandemic project was, um, basically rebuilding the workshop. So you can see me sitting under a leaky roof and swear about lumber prices uh, in the heat of the pandemic. And um, I'm going to get around to editing everything from last year sometime this year. I shot way too much video <laughs> for that project. Plus, I have a full-time job. So um, it's, been, it's been a weird couple of years, but I now have a functioning workshop. And you can also see some of the adventures of Gandalf the Shop Cat on my YouTube shorts and Instagram. Oh, um, nice. A cat came and adopted us. Aww. Aww. And occasionally kills mice in my barn and looks fabulous while he's doing it. <laughs> awesome. And you will be a Dragon Con this year. Correct? I will be a Dragon
3: Con. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for being here as well representing the newbies. Do you want to tell everybody where they can go and find out more about the newbies group?
1: Uh you can find us on Facebook at DragonCon Newbies. And again, this year, we will be having uh, newbie tours on Thursday from noon until 4. And then we will have a newbie Q&A on Thursday evening. And on Friday mornings, we will be doing DragonCon 101 for newbies. So that's where you can find us at.
3: Yes. And for all those people who are watching, listening, et cetera, et cetera, this doesn't have to be... You don't have to be a literal newbie to participate in these things. No. Uh, you, no. Uh, there's always... You do not like, have look. to be
1: a newbie to join the group. You could just be, I'm coming back after several years. or uh, I've had yeah, people that tell always, me, you know, they always, come take the tour because they don't know where everything is. Um, but, uh, yeah, you do not have to be actually a, a newbie, you
2: know. No, it's always nice because even, you know, veterans... Need a refresher every once in a while.
3: Absolutely. Like I said, I've been going since ninety four, and I still have questions.
5: They keep moving stuff. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. They, they do changing they do. the carpet. Uh, like what the
1: hell? Uh, the the carpet.
4: The carpet.
1: Oh, that carpet's changed three times since I started going to (laughs) DragonCon.
3: All right. And I want to give a big shout out to our station crew. Of course, Jen, thank you so much for the time you could spend with us. Uh, We appreciate it, of course. Um, And uh, for those people, uh who want to follow uh Jen has that group the uh parties group oh man i had it written down here dragon dragon con parties meetups and more on
4: facebook meetups And more on yeah. facebook michael you can find me there <laughs> oh
3: wow okay so yeah. Yeah. So we will, we always have a link to that in our show notes. Uh, so you want to check that out next month is going to be all about, all about, all about parties. We're going to be focusing on parties, uh, next month. So, uh, so I don't even, yeah, I don't even know if I'm really qualified to be on next month, but we'll see. Um, Darren, thank you so much for joining us once again. You're
4: welcome, sir. Anytime
3: and, uh, anything you want to promote?
4: Well, we just did uh, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert for ESO. For, so much fun. Uh, Pride Month. That was fun. And I'm on Legion of Substitute Podcasters, where we talk about Legion of Superheroes whenever DC decides to publish the book. Yeah. So uh, that happens on occasion. So that's where I am. Come awesome. by
3: me, yes, uh, and of course, Director Faber. Thank you for which none of this would be possible without you, man.
2: Oh, well, you wouldn't believe what I've gone through for you guys this week.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think <laughs> well, I think maybe Brian might understand, but you know. yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. probably.
3: Uh, yeah, Faber's our own little tech ops guy, so mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we appreciate him a lot. Oh, um, I love it.
2: It's it's so much fun to me. I I enjoy it.
3: I will believe that someday. Um, special thanks to all of our viewers, our listeners, friends, fans. Uh, we try to cover all we can with these specials, uh, these re- these reports we do. But to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website, all the social media outlets, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Discord. All the fan tracks are active on Facebook and various social media, so be sure to check them out. Uh, we are a proud member of the ESO Network. We have a T Public store filled with all kinds of cool stuff, including a very cool design for the Dragon Con Report podcast. Uh, there's a link for that in this episode show notes, and if you go to eso.network.com, you can just go to the top of the page and click that link. We also have a Patreon page, and thank you once again to all our patrons for all your support. Uh, you can help support the show. You. If you don't want to pay, we can support you can support the show by p- leaving a review on whatever platform you're watching or listening to us. Um, you can also access past episodes at dragonconreport.com. Uh if you'd like to leave us direct feedback or comment on the show, give us ideas for questions, guests, a- anything you want, uh, please email us at feedback at dragonconreport.com. Or you can reach out to us, various, all our f- social media as well. We have an Instagram page, uh, our account, uh, Facebook, Twitter. We're all there, too. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon. And as always, it has been my pleasure. Take care. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you all at the time.
2: Bye. Miss you all. Bye. Bye. <laughs>